So this month we're talking about gratitude all month long and I'm kind of using this book as my guide by Robert Emmons called Thanks. And last week we started off with an interesting exploration of gratitude as a means for physically upping our ability to what? To have more enjoyment in life, to be happier. And several surveys in the book and, and others that I found really underscored the idea that if we have some kind of a daily gratitude practice, it can be no more than just once a day listing five things down that we're grateful for. It actually, in a proven way, will make us happier people, up to 25% happier in several of the studies. Isn't that amazing? Just being grateful makes us happier. Well, today, I want to tell you some more of the story. Now, would you believe, in addition to happiness, it can make, make us healthier. Okay, so a, a study in Duke University, Duke University took um, 3,000 of their patients that went through their university hospital there. They were all there being treated for coronary disease and, and specifically people that had significant levels of coronary artery blockage. So, so these people were all eventually going to get some kind of either a, an angioplasty or, or something that would get rid or, or smoosh away or however, whatever the right technical words are, some of the plaque that had built up in their coronary arteries, right? And, Smoosh away? All right, good. And so uh, one of the things they did, you know, here's this opportunity to study 3,000 people with very similar situations, very similar diagnoses. Let's maybe see what got them to be here. And so they designed this huge questionnaire that covered everything from what their favorite television show was to more obvious things like, like what did you eat, <laughs> which of course they were thinking was probably dietary, right? So we'll ask a lot of questions about what they eat. But in addition to that, let's ask questions like, do you go to church? Do you, uh, you know, what's your favorite TV show? Are you consider yourself an optimist or a pessimist? Huge questionnaire. I'm, actually, I'm kind of surprised they got all the patients to fill it out, but they did. And the good news is the results are very interesting. Now, as you might guess, some of the questions around lifestyle and eating specifically were the highest correlation for, uh, for heart disease. Makes total sense, right? I remember when I was a kid, I used to go over to my grandma and grandpa's house for breakfast, and oh my, were breakfast different back then, right? It's like we had, we had eggs that were fried in butter, nice side of bacon, right? And then hash browns that, that grandma had also fried in the bacon grease. It's like, mmm, right? Yeah, so no big surprise, some of the problems that my grandparents had later on in life, right? Yeah, I'm sure they were led right up to that survey at Duke University. So yeah, number one was a correlation to the kinds of foods that the patients ate. But guess what number two was? Well, first you need to know what one of the questions was. One of the questions in the survey, let me read it here um, so that I get it right. They asked the patients the degree to which they typically counted their blessings. I have no idea why they even thought to put that question in, but that question was in there. The degree to which they count their blessings. And the, the options were like, you know, several times during the day, once a day, once a week, you know, I don't know, never <laughs> on, on Thanksgiving maybe. That was the question. And do you know what? The number two correlation for a reduction in the plaque that the patients had in their arteries. 
it was that question. They could predict with almost an 80% certainty the patients who were there who had less plaque than the others based on that question. Diet first and their level of daily practice of gratitude, counting their blessings as number two. Now, I got to tell you, you know, the doctor is sort of wanting to put me on cholesterol medicine, but I'm saying I'm going to up my gratitude quotient. I mean, think about this. Now, of course, in science of mind, we know that it's mental, right? And so if, by being in a state of heightened gratitude, if, by being in a state where I am counting my blessings, really noticing the things around me that are truly God-given, the air that I breathe, the, the friends that I'm with, the, the people that are expressing love in my life, why wouldn't I think that that wouldn't have a healing process on me? It seems obvious in a way, and yet who would have guessed the results of that survey? But I've got another one for you. I'm going to read this one right out of the book. A recent study, this study is only two years old, a recent study conducted at the famous Mayo Clinic in Rochester, Minnesota. Researchers found evidence suggesting that pessimists have a shorter lifespan than those of their more hopeful counterparts. Researchers evaluated results from a personality test taken by participants more than 30 years ago. So the Mayo Clinic's been around a long time, right? And they had people, they had test results from people 30 years earlier, still filed away somewhere. And here's what they found out. They compared them to subsequent mortality rates. They found that people who scored high on optimism on those tests had a 50 percent lower risk of premature death than those who scored as being pessimistic. We're talking about 50%. It goes on. Those who reported high levels of optimism had a 55% lower risk of death from all causes and a 23% lower risk of cardiovascular death than people who rep reported higher levels of pessimism. And one of the, the factors, one of the way they measured this was gratitude. Gratitude, no matter how you look at it, is simply a healing force. Okay, you're probably stunned a little bit already. I was when I read the information, but I want to crank it up a notch further. Because a lot of the gratitude you know that we've been talking about so far, I would say is kind of situational gratitude, right? Like last week we talked about, you know, if someone gives you a gift, well, of course we're grateful. If, if someone sings a beautiful song like Linda did, of course it makes our heart open and we're grateful for it. But in a way, these are kind of situationally based, if you will. And I want to suggest there's something even deeper, more fundamental, more spiritual than situational gratitude. And I want to talk for a minute about God's grace. The actual process, if you will, the actual spiritual principle of grace itself. Uh, to lead into that, though, I do have a joke. I knew, I thought, you thought I forgot, right? I just wanted to slip it in a little later where it was more pertinent. So a man dies and goes to heaven. Of course, St. Peter meets him at the pearly gates, and Peter says, here's how it works. You need 100 points to make it into heaven. You tell me all the good things you've done, and I'll give you a certain number of points for each one, depending on how good it was. And when you reach 100 points, you get in. 
Okay, says the man, kind of like, you know, I had no idea it'd be like this. Uh, let's see. Well, I was married to the same woman for 50 years, and I never cheated on her, not even in my heart. Well, that's wonderful, said St. Peter. That's worth three points. Three points, says the man. Three points. Well, um, oh my God. Uh, well, I attended church all my life and supported its ministry with my tithes and my service and my time. Terrific, says Peter. That's certainly worth a point. One point. Oh my gosh. Um, let me think. Uh, well, how about this? I started a soup kitchen in my city and I worked at a shelter for homeless veterans for over 20 years. Fantastic, said St. Peter. Two more points. Two points. At this point, the man is nearly in tears. He finally said, at this rate, the only way I can get into heaven is by the grace of God. St. Peter smiled. Welcome, my son. How often do we overlook the grace of God itself? I think we express gratitude, don't we, when someone's done us a good deed, when someone's given us a present, when someone has done something special to us in a, in a u- unique way. It's as though the, the gift is served up on a platter, and of course our heart melts. It opens, and we're grateful. But how often are we grateful for the air we breathe, for our life itself, for, for our families that surround us? How, how often are we grateful in just knowing that life and God is here to nurture and sustain and to bring us good of every kind into our life. (coughs) Probably not as often. Probably not as often. Here's what Ernest Holmes, um, in his book called The Philosophy of Ernest Holmes, which was published in 1996, here's what he said about grace. He's the founder of, of Science of Mind. He said, grace is the givingness of life. And that certainly is given automatically. But we are only saved by acknowledging it and using it. And I want to talk about this idea of saving. You know, a lot of Christian faiths use this idea of salvation by by either believing in Christ or by doing good works. You know, the idea that we we need to prove ourselves in in some way. And that's how we're saved. Ernest Holmes was uh, very specific on his idea of salvation, on how the recognition of grace can save us. And to him, what he's really saying is it's our acknowledgement, our gratitude for being aware of grace that allows us to move forward in grace. Now think about it. If we're not seeing grace, then then how is the good coming to us? Is it because we're lucky? Is it because we've earned it? Now think about these for a minute. So if it's because we're lucky, what about when our luck turns? If it's because we've earned it, what if we don't know the rules right? What if we're working away at something that isn't part of like the divine plan? Or, or what if a time comes in our life when, when maybe we're unable to, to serve at the soup kitchen or, or whatever the good works are? Do we think that God closes us out then? <clears throat> no. God's true giving nature, God's grace, 
is always there, 24 hours a day, seven days a week. All of the good that Nancy talked about in her prayer, whether it be love, whether it be joy, whether it be peace, whether it be abundance, whether it be harmony, whether it be health, all of these things are available to all of us. doesn't depend on our luck. doesn't depend on our good works. It is simply our recognition and our acceptance of God's grace that makes the gift, that saves us. And when we're saved, when we recognize that God's gifts are here for us, then we don't need to depend on luck. Then we don't need to depend on our our earthly works. We don't have to be good in order to receive God's blessing. We simply are God's blessing. This is the nature of divine grace. And so I want to challenge us a little bit to up our gratitude quotient, if you will. In addition to being grateful for the the things and the people and the situations that touch our hearts, let us also be grateful for the Creator itself, for God's grace, for our lives, for the air that we breathe, for the planet that we're on, for for nature outside, for the rain coming from heaven. Let us be grateful for the beds we wake up in in the morning and the, the sweet families that we surround ourselves with. Let's be grateful for the meals that we eat and the the bounty of of all kinds that God provides for us. And what I know about this, when we're grateful to the true source, to the one source, God's great blessing, of course, is to say yes and to give us more. More love, more joy, more peace, more good health, more excitement, more energy more talent shows, more birthdays, more sweetness, true sweetness in life. That is God's pleasure to simply match us good for gratitude, good for awareness, good for our acceptance of the grace that is always at hand for us. All right. Now, you know that I like from time to time to assign us a bit of homework, and last week's homework was a very simple one, to up our happiness quotient, and we were simply going to write down five things every day for which we're grateful. And my guess, after looking over my lists, um, I've been doing it for some time, when I look over my lists, a lot of them, I have to admit, are pretty situational. A lot of them are, you know, I'm very grateful for something that happened today, or a gift that I received, I'm very grateful for an encounter that went particularly well or or whatever it is, something that happened at work, whatever, this week I want to assign us something really getting at the heart of grace. And so let's start with grace. When was the last time before a meal that you said grace? It's kind of a sweet custom. And you know what? It's a little bit out of fashion. But if you think about it, what could be a sweeter way to acknowledge the true bounty of God, the true bounty of our innate nature, than to just say a blessing before meals. Now, it doesn't have to be anything more complicated than, um, than I give great thanks for the meal that we're about to receive. I give great thanks for God's bounty in all ways. It could be that simple. And what I know is you're not just recognizing just the sweet cook in the kitchen that prepared it. And we'll recognize him or her as well, of course. But we're recognizing God's true bounty in all things. 
And why stop just at meals too? You know, typically we think of a meal for blessing, but why not a blessing for going to work in the morning? I bless this cubicle. I graciously receive the, the clients that come to me this day. I bless each phone call that I receive, knowing that it's God on the other end of the line. Why not bless uh, our motorhome when we go out on a, on a grand vacation? God bless this motorhome. I know that the vacation that we're going upon is a joy to behold. I know that God's bounty is in every face that we encounter, every meal that we eat, every mile that we cross. Why not bless our children when we tuck them in for sleep at night? We can do it quietly. We don't need to make a big uh, physical pronouncement of it, although doing it publicly is fun as well. But something sweet like, God bless these children. I know that they are God in form and that God's bounty is here to provide us and them in all ways. A blessing from the heart anchors us into that permanent awareness that God is in the middle of our lives in its entirety. Not just here on Sunday and not even just before a lovely meal. God is here in our lives while we're sleeping while we're awake, while we're at work, whether we're in the car, when we're with the people that we love, or, or when we're by ourselves. God is simply there showering us with the blessings of goodness, of, of hope, of peace, of joy, of love, waiting for us to recognize it, waiting for us to accept it and to acknowledge it. So let's have some fun with this. I would love next week for uh, some of you to, to come up to me before or after service and say, you know, I did the most amazing thing. I did a tractor blessing today. Or, uh, or uh, I, I, I blessed my cab before I went out for my first fair. Or, uh, or absolutely, my cubicle is a much more blessed place to be in right now. Give it a try. Enjoy yourself. Have a little fun. And you know what? I know sometimes doing things that are a little new or a little foreign um, feel a little edgy. If you're not sure how to write a blessing, there are some lovely ones in the back of the Science of Mind textbook by Ernest Holmes himself. They would be very sweet. But you know what? I would bet that in a few short sentences, your own personal blessing of God's bounty will be even better. It'll be from the heart. It'll be in your words. It'll be meaningful to you in a way that even though Ernest Holmes sometimes approaches poetry, you know, when it's from your own heart, I think it will be even more important to you. So I want to close with one more quote from this lovely book called Thanks. For a person who has religious or spiritual beliefs, gratitude sets up a relationship to the divine, the source from which all good comes. It is a relationship that recognizes the gift of life from the Creator, from God. And choosing to live in that space of recognition repositions one into a heavenly sphere of awe and also of recognition of how blessed one is to have the opportunity to learn, to grow, to love, create, share, and to help others. And the response to these gifts is a desire to give thanks and to pass along the love that is activated within. There is a looking up 
and then a looking out. Grateful people sense that they are never separate from others and never separate from God. Let us pray. There is one power and one presence in this universe that is that thing called life. It is life itself. Life taking the form of all, all kinds of good, an infinite variety of good, whether it's love or happiness or peace or joy or um, wholeness or uh, abundance. It all is God. It all is good. And it is the true and one source, source of all form. And because God is gracious, because God is that heavenly host of all graciousness, I know that this good is here for me, and I know that this good is available to each person in this room. It is God's good willingness and grace to give us the keys of the kingdom at all times, 24 hours a day, seven days a week, as we embrace and give thanks and simply notice the good that is in our lives, it is amplified. God simply says, yes, let's give them more. And so it is with great gratitude that I, I know that I and the people in this room with each day forward are simply more grateful, more aware of the bounty in our lives, able to, uh, able to claim our good and recognize it and know it as the blessing that it is. And so with a lot of love, I release this prayer into the activity and action of the law itself, knowing that it's good, knowing that it's complete. And together we say, and so it is. Thank you very much. Thank you.